This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 223 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Equisketch, Fleeceworks, and Noya Shola. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our normal producer, Glenn, back in the back in the saddle, I guess. Yeah, it seems like a while since <laughs> we've been on together. I know too we, long. Haven't, we haven't recorded a show, a show together for a while, and it has been too long. And it had nothing to do with the fact that this is the Dressage Show. I know what you're thinking, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> No, not at all. No, it's just the funnest show on. It is. That's that's right. That is true. You guys make dressage fun. We do. We do. Well, this this is our after our week off the Paris show last week, and uh, we're back in 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 schedule. So it's nice to be back, guys. Uh, Have you guys had a good week or two weeks? I guess. Been awesome. I mean, the weather's been nice. The horses are great. Perfect. Super. Super. Well, we are getting ready. We've got, you know, two more big shows of the season. This is our sort of local championship this week at the horse park. So we're getting, everybody's getting ready. And, and then in two weeks we go to the regional finals. So we're all really looking forward to that. And then I think everyone's going to really look forward to a little bit of downtime, um, but uh, for a couple horses and then a couple horses go to the national finals. So we've got a busy weekend around here. So I can't wait to report and let you know how it goes. The other thing I want to know now that we have Glenn back is how his uh, rescue horse is doing. Do you have an update for us, there, Glenn? Well, yeah, we got a name for him now. His name's PT Scooter um, <laughs> because we we had called him PT for poor thing. Uh, that <laughs> everybody that saw him said, "Oh, what a poor thing!" Because he was starving to death. Um, when we got him, he was probably about a day away from dying. And uh, he, we always name our horses after Muppet characters. So he's named after Scooter, who was the backstage uh, sort of helping hand in the Muppet Show, um, and his personality fits him perfectly. That fits fits the name. But he's getting fatter. He's probably gained about 120 pounds, which for a little uh, 12 and a half hand hackney is pretty good. Hmm. And uh, he's doing his little pony attitude starting to come out now, and uh, <laughs> we're ground driving him and getting him ready to hook him up to a cart here when he gets uh, enough weight put it back on that we won't kill him. Oh. So he's doing oh, good. He's good. looking good. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna... like he's doing well. Yeah. yeah, he's doing great. He's fun. He's a fun little guy. Cool. Oh, it, it's nice to to have a rescue horse and or animal of any sort, cat, dog, horse. Uh, you know, there's a lot of satisfaction you get from helping horses and and animals in need. So, Glenn, you rock, and I can't wait to meet PT Scooter when I'm down there this winter. Well, by then maybe we'll have him in a cart. And you can go for a drive. Oh, <gasps> that would be so fun. Yes, <laughs> I'm excited already. <laughs> so, Reese, well, what do we got on the show for today? What's what's coming up? We have a great show today. I think we're really going to look forward. We have Hillary Moore Hebert from Dressage Today. She is the senior editor. 
editor, and she is on the show. Um, she was sick for her last monthly segment, so we're actually doing the August segment today. So uh, we always love having her on. She's got a great, uh, great tips for us from the magazine this month. And then we have Emily Wagner. She bred and owns Wake Up. She just won the Markel Developing Young Horse Pre St. George on him, and you're gonna love her. She is so cute. So really looking forward to that. So Philip, what's going on in the news these days? Well, again, it's just, you know, American centric news because all you care about is yourselves, but, uh, okay. (laughs) That was a little bit of a dig dig because, you know, we don't have enough Canadian, we just don't have a lot of Canadian news, but but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Hopefully soon we're going to have somebody from Dressage Canada on to talk about what's going on with us. So, Sorry about that. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the USA Young Horse Program has been revamped to re- provide more chances uh, for horses to be selected for the World Championships, which is great. Mm-hmm. The United States have totally revamped the selection procedures for young horses seeking to compete at the World Young Horse Championships by naming seven CDIs across the country as selection events. The new procedures were created by the U.S. Equestrian Federation's Dressage Committee, Young Horse Subcommittee, to provide more chances for combinations to seek seek to compete at the World Championships. By using CDIs, Scott Hassler said, the U.S. Young Horse Coach uh, provides an international flair being added uh, by non-American judges, as well as more opportunities with seven selection events across the country scheduled for 2014 instead of um, in 2013, there were only two on the calendar. So, um, that's great. Hopefully, America will be sending more horses to the World Young Horse Championships so um, the American horses can be, you know, pitted against the world in a, in a great big show. And I think that's, uh, that's great for, for the U.S. It's awesome. Yeah, I think that'll make a big difference. It's really difficult the way it is now to try and qualify. And like I said, there's two competitions. And, and as we know, uh, and Emily put it well in her, her interview coming up shortly, um, any given Sunday, you know, with young horses, uh, it's nice to maybe have uh, one or two tries at it um, getting ready because they are babies yeah. and, they're, and they're learning. So I think that'll be great for, for everyone here. So. Absolutely. And it'll be nice for spectators. I mean, more of a chance to see really nice young horses. I think they're a passion of mine and, and Reese's as well. I think they, you know, sometimes are just as exciting to watch as like the Grand Prix. I mean, we love to watch the Grand Prix horses. They do lots of fun tricks. But the young horses are special in their own way. And it's, it would be great for, you know, breeders and young horse owners to be able to um, show off their great, you know, the great young horses being bred in North America, um, you know, in these CDIs and, uh, and a chance to take them, you know, across the ocean and, and, uh, you know, like I said, just compete them against the great horses in Germany and in Holland and in Belgium and, you know, in France, I think everybody should have a great, you know, a chance to, uh, to showcase their horses. So awesome. Absolutely. Well, right after this commercial break, we are going to get started with Emily Wagner. She's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, the Young Horse and her win at the Young Horse National uh, Finals that were held last week. Judy, I've been hearing a lot of good reports about this new TheraWool product line that you introduced earlier this year. Tell us what's going on there. It's basically opened a whole new uh, customer base for us, and it's made the product affordable for people maybe who 
either didn't want to use sheepskin because it does require a little bit more maintenance, the sheepskin does, than the wool, or people that just couldn't make that stretch. So it's it's been great. It's you know it's really really durable, as the tagline says, is great for daily use, beautiful enough for show. And I think that really explains it all in a nutshell because it is a lovely pad to look at and feel, and yes. but yet it's still an affordable pad that you can go to. You can literally go to the Olympics in this saddle pad. Yes. We worked really hard to make sure that we developed the right density and the right length. And so it took us about a year to get everything exactly right and to make sure that when you washed it, that it didn't felt up or, or turn real hard or ball up. And it's a proprietary blend of product the way we've done this to make it work. Quality saddle pads from Fleeceworks. So, folks, when you go to your local tax store... Ask for Fleeceworks TheraWool pads by name, and if your local tax store doesn't have them, tell them that they need to speak with Judy at Fleeceworks. Just go to fleeceworks.com, and you'll find all of our contact information there. And thanks for stopping up by again, Judy, and keeping us up to date on what's going on over there. Well, it is our pleasure this evening to have Emily Wagner, the winner of the Markel Young Horse Developing Pre-St. George this year. Emily, thanks so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Well, you have, you, you have, we, Philip and I have both seen Wake Up at the Young Horse Symposium, but can you tell our Mm -hmm. listeners about Master Wake Up? He is a wonderful horse. My wakey wakey. Wake up is a black eight year old stallion now. He's by our stallion Vogman, who's a Veltmeyer baby, out of a she's actually registered Canadian sport horse, but her daddy is Macho, who's a macho. So he's a very elegant sport horse type. Um, I think he's dropped dead gorgeous, you know, tall, dark and handsome. But yeah, we bought him when he was about three weeks old. He um, was actually, we had a partnership with Seth McLean in Wichita, Kansas. And then through the partnership, we took him over when he was three weeks old and have had him ever since. And it's amazing because, you know, I had Bognus, his father, as a young rider horse. And now I have him going through the young horse stuff. And I just feel really, really lucky to have a horse like him. I could never have afforded a horse like him if it hadn't have been through the breeding. So it's really fun to have him he's always been a part of the family and growing up watching him grow up it's a real treat so yeah i think that's pretty special when you have a foal all the way into you know you're riding him now at pre st george level and hopefully going forward to grand prix can you tell us a little bit about um your season and how you qualified and uh you know how it went this year for you obviously to to a great success so in the beginning of the year we took him out at the first show that the New Dressage Society show and just showed him his first I-1 and the developing pre-think George test. And, you know, last year, the qualifications, there were really high percentages to get in. And he came out and showed at that first show for 73%. So I was like, wow, he's so much more solid than last year. He feels great. Um, and then I wanted to do a couple CDIs to try to qualify for the Festival of Champions, which is now in Kentucky. Yay. So I took him to the CDI, and the scores weren't so high. So I thought, well, let me go again to just a level four recognized show to try to get my last um, developing horse score. And he again got a 73. So I felt 
super, super confident that, you know, he was going to be in there and going to definitely hold his own. But at the end of the day, you go there and you're like, there's so many really good horses and really, really good riders that the chips can fall wherever they want. You know, like they, everyone can have a good ride and a bad ride any given Sunday. So it was still, we came in ranked second and another person also had a 73% average. And so going in, I, I didn't feel like, oh, we've got this or anything. I was very much like, oh, there are a bunch of good horses trotting around that warm up ring. So. It was still nerve-wracking. <laughs> oh, I bet. So tell us yeah. about your tests at the championships. Um, the, well, we came from our show, our CDI in Colorado, and I actually think that worked out really well for me because I was just in the ring a lot. You know, I was in the ring those three days out in Colorado, and then we came to Kentucky, and I gave them Monday, Tuesday off while we drove there, and then Wednesday, just a light ride. Thursday, we started schooling again, and then Friday we went in, and, you know, from – just getting off of the Colorado trip, I kind of knew where I wanted to be. I knew that I needed enough expression, but I needed that expression to still have the harmony. I knew that I needed his frame to be really a higher, more in front of the vertical frame than I'm used to riding him in. Usually I kind of say, you know, let's keep him a little deeper in the next. I knew that that wasn't going to be okay. So I think I really had, for me, a good place in my mind, because I had had all that input from those judges in Colorado. But my ride on Friday, I was really happy with, you know, he was really with me. I felt like it was a good, clean ride. The only little bobbles we had were the one, like we went for the free walk. It was an awesome, or extended walk, sorry. Extended walk across the ring. It was an awesome extended walk. And I got a little greedy and I was like, okay, let's really go for it. And he like half jogged us up, you know, it was like, a little bit of a jig. So, you know, the one judge really cut me down for that, and the other one still gave me a 7.5. But, and then I felt like, you know, the medium extended canner wasn't his best. He can have amazing extended canners, but it, it was a little bit, he just got a little strong through it and was like, hey, what's up, instead of like, oh, let's really work this thing. So I had those two little bobbles, but I still was, you know, obviously, elated with the score and super happy with him and then on Sunday he was just it was perfect because I was running a little bit early or the the test was running a little bit early on time so I had a little less warm-up than I had planned for which worked great in my favor because he was just a little tired and so when I went in the ring he was just exactly right and then perfect to the point that like I could push him for those extended canners and say yes go for everything you have and in the walk, he was super relaxed and just marched across the diagonal. And that's a really good test for us. You know, that test is very much that you do one thing, extended canner, then you bring him back for the pirouettes. Then you do your big three tempies, then you bring him back for four tempies, and then bring him back for the half passes, a little more collective. And then push him forward for the four tempi, three tempies again, and then you go to trot, and then you push him forward again. So that back and forth is really good for him. And so I think that test really flows for him well. So it just it was everything worked out really to my favor that day. You know, it really just worked out. So, and then and of Emily, course, the scores were so exciting. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. Tell tell our listeners what your scores were. Well, it was funny because Nico, the announcer who does most of the shows, was like, "Hang on, everybody, you're going to want to hear these scores." So I was like, "Wow, that's, that's exciting that Nico even says that." So then he says, 
you know, a 60, a 74 from the side judge, a 76 from the judge at C, and then a 78 from the judge on the end. And I was just like, wow, I haven't ever gotten those scores. That's amazing, you know, <laughs> and to get it here on this day, what a better day to get it, you know? So it was, it was just, you know, I was just jumping up and down screaming. It was just, Oh, you that's know, phenomenal. Awesome. And the only the one thing that I always want is like to people to know how awesome my wake up is, you know, like he's just such a fantastic horse. I'm so lucky to have him and he makes dressage so much fun because everything is so easy for him. So when I got the comments from the people watching, just sweethearts that have seen me since I was a little kid and seen wake up since he was a gawky little four year old, watching them come up to me and say, you know, that just looked like a harmonious ride. That looked like it was fun for both of you. You guys really looked like you had fun out there. That to me is just like icing on the cake. What gets better than that, right? Like, and he is so much fun to ride and it's easy enough for him that he's just like, oh, this is easy. Let's go have some fun in the ring. You know, I'm a little bit of a show off. Wake up is a little bit of show off. And he's like, yeah, let's just show off. Emily, let's do this. And that to me is awesome. So. It was a great feeling to be there and have that ride. Oh, it's, it's awesome. Like I, 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 I am, I am excited for you and, and was, you know, Thank you're such you. a, such a wonderful Thank person you. that when this, we got the scores, I was so happy for you. Um, but Thank also you. Emily, we didn't tell us a little bit about your history with wake up. Cause he is very much a success story from the young horse program. So can you kind of tell us all a little bit about your history with him? Yeah, and not only the Young Horse Program, but the American Breeding Program. And I think that's what's so special for everybody is that he's not some big fancy horse that's imported from Europe for a ton of money. So he was, um, we took him, he qualified for the four-year-olds and did the Markel four-year-olds. And he did okay, you know, he was a little bit of an unfocused stallion, not super strong behind. So he did okay. I think we ended up fifth overall but that was my first experience like at the championships and it was just great to be there and be even fifth I was flattered at that so that was his first holding there and then um as a five-year-old we actually qualified for Verdon and went to Verdon and at that time Verdon and the Young Horse Championships were together like on the same I think they were two weekends apart or something so we were over in Germany during the Markel Championships here as a, when he was five. So we didn't compete in the U.S., but we competed at Verdun, and he did great. You know, we ended up second in the – or fourth in the small tour in the small final and were 0.02% from getting into the big final. So I was really proud of him. He handled it great. It's a huge environment. And for me to be there, that was an amazing opportunity. So – that was really special of us uh, for us to be able to be representatives of the U.S. That was the first time I was really in a foreign country representing the U.S. in dressage, and that was a huge milestone for me. You know, I spent a month over there and did that with Dr. Muller and his team, and it was fantastic. But then as a six-year-old, we came back to Chicago again for the Martell. He qualified, and he, he came in ranked, I think, top five or something, and then we finished um tied with Caroline Rothman and then they broke the tie for him because he's bred in the United States. So then he so he won the six year old and then as a seven year old he went back to the developing horse and in the pre St. George and he was reserve champion and I was so proud of him there because he just, you know, looking back I can now say, wow, he was so much 
more immature, you know. But he did a fantastic job. We didn't have super clean tests. Like, it weren't, it wasn't the rides of our lives. But he still ended up second. And I was thrilled because that was a super pack of horses there last year. And then this year he came back to the developing precinct, George, and he won it. So it's been really like, you know, every single year he's done something with it. And it's great because I get the feedback from everybody. I remember when, and that to me is really special. So it's a great program. It's super what they do. And you really feel like they're channeling you up the way and giving you the opportunity to be in front of Scott Hapler and Debbie McDonald and letting those people see you, I think is really important, especially for us in the Midwest, because Scott's not coming here anytime soon. So it's great for us to have that one in Chicago and two that it brings all those people together to look and see what does U.S. have to offer right now in young horses. Now, Emily, we can hear in your voice how much you love your horse, but we all know that there's no such thing as the perfect horse. Is there, you know, have you, have you been able to overcome some challenges in his training? And, and uh, do you want to talk Wake about that a little bit with us? I love a good answer, Emily. Yeah, maybe it's perfect. All right. If I ever, if I ever had to create a horse, like if I got to like, you know, on those video games where you can like create your character and pick out the (laughs) hair color and uh, you know, like he would totally be my horse. Yes, when he was a younger kid, like I remember last year at regionals. There was a flagpole, and the little chain was bouncing against the flagpole, and everybody came to watch Wake Up, and here Wake Up was, like, gallivanting around the ring, taking off, and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, don't fall off, don't fall off your horse. And, you know, he wasn't the most focused, let's say. But, I mean, that's part of what makes him special is that he's got a little bit of fire and a little bit of, you know, a little bit. Everything is pretty much in the training has not been a super challenge, but yeah, there's times it's like, yes, you can get a little bit more off your forehand, get a little bit lighter in the reins, but I mean, every horse, I have my developing Grand Prix horse that I'm using for the Brentina Cup, and I look back on his journey, because I broke him and brought him up, and I look at Wakeup's journey, I'm like, for, everything for Wakeup is so much easier that it's not really fair, almost. Poor Willie had to work so hard to get here, and wake up like, eh, whatever, you know, like, this is fun, let's keep going. And, of course, he's not perfect. Of course, like, I still need to be able to, you know, really own every step in the ring and really be able to control the frame and the tempo perfectly and really keep him super balanced. Sometimes I feel like, you know, I have one front leg out here and one hind leg out here and his movement is so exaggerated and big that it's really kind of hard to organize him sometimes, but... I mean, if that's my biggest complaint, by golly, you know, let's not get too picky. Yeah, well, I think that's great. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about the, um, because you've been uh, for a few years at the national championships, what, how that's developing and the environment there and, and, you know, kind of some of the sights and sounds that, that you saw while there? Yeah, so it's held at Lamplight. It's been there ever since I've known it, it's been at Lamplight. And this year they just redid all the footing. And I think it's an absolutely gorgeous venue. Like I love Lamplight. I love that it has a tranquil feeling about it. You can get the big horse show feeling, but at the same time, like there's grass for the horses to eat. There's gorgeous flowers everywhere. The footing is fantastic. So I love the venue of Lamplight first and foremost. And then, um, 
the championships by themselves, fun because really that's the best, and you start to see people like reappear, like Phil Martin's there, and I love hanging out with her, and she's a great gal, and it's fun to see her every year there. I wouldn't see her otherwise. So it's fun for us to go back and it's kind of like a camaraderie sort of thing because I think with young horses there's a little bit of almost more forgiveness because you know if you have a super young horse you're lucky that's great that's awesome but at the same time they're still babies they can still make their mistakes they can still like shy at the opening Debbie Hill's riding her four-year-old has a beautiful ride and then he's all of a sudden scared of the gate in the front and it happens you know that's young horses and you you feel for her and you're like poor girl that sucks but we've all been there so I think there's just a great camaraderie among among the people and that's a lot of fun and then I think it's fun because people come to watch the exciting young horses and and that's something that you don't get at a lot of horse shows just our shows it's not a spectator sport but I think there's a lot of people who come and watch and breeders who want to see what stallions are producing. And I think that's a lot of fun. I do have to say that, um, the first two, three years we went there, there were like lamplight sponsored parties every night and it was like super amazing. And this year and last year has been a little bit more low key and that's not a bad thing. It's not a negative, but it's a little bit, it feels a little bit more, you know, just, low key and I don't know if, if that's because I'm more used to it now and before it was just also big flashy shiny lights to me or if it is because it's a little bit it's not as special anymore but I do think that the atmosphere when you're riding and when you're having your horses there is fantastic I wish that like the first few years when we had parties every night and everybody got together and there was an Elvis impersonator one year and he was terrible. Like he was the worst Elvis impersonator you've ever met, but it was still fun because we all got together and laughed at the Elvis impersonator. So that, that's, that's funny. And the last two years I haven't felt like that's been as big anymore, but, but I still think it's a fantastic show. Well, you have been a success through the whole program and we're so glad to have you on and we can't wait to have you on next year to hear how you win the developing Grand Prix. Wouldn't that be really, really awesome? So (laughs) I I would look, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Kentucky and to see wake up in person. Uh, I haven't seen him in a couple of years, so I'm really looking forward to that. Emily, if you, uh, if our listeners want to get a hold of you online, how can they find you and wake up? You know, I'm really bad. I don't have a website. I don't, you know, call me. You know, so to say. Or Facebook, you know, it's really the only thing. We don't do a lot of advertisement or anything. And yes, I know I need to, and I should get on that, but just <laughs> no, that- we're more old school. So. <laughs> That sounds great. Well, uh, I'm sure people can find you on Facebook. And thanks for coming on the show. And we look forward Perfect. to having you again in the future. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Okay, guys, well, on our Facebook page, before we get to our next guest, we uh, a person by the name of Apron Betty uh, said, I wonder if that's really her first name, Apron. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> what was don't the name? Don't get sidetracked. Okay? <laughs> what was the name of the bit company you hosted last month? Link, please. Well, uh, the bit company was Noishula. 
And, uh, you know, I thought, well, we should mention it again because uh, obviously people were interested in finding out more about it. And actually, Philip, you said you got some emails about that, too. Yeah, actually, um, somebody emailed me about wondering the same thing, you know, how to find them and what was the name. So I thought maybe we would just spell out the name of because it's, uh, I guess it's, you know, a German name. And so it's got German spelling. Um, so maybe we could spell it out for our listeners. Okay. Well, the, the, that name is N-E-U-E, separate word, S-H-U-L-E. But their website here for the United States is metlar, M-E-T-L-A-R-U-S.com. Metlar-U-S.com. And if you ever want to, if you ever don't know what we talked about in the show or where to find a link, go to our show notes at the Dressage Radio Show. Uh, Just go to the show notes at dressageradio.com for that episode, and it has all the links for the different. for the different things. Uh, yeah, I think it's really helpful. Yeah, I mean, I guess we did, We don't mention the, the show notes every week enough, but uh, you can find out, you know, kind of information about our um, our guests and all kinds of stuff on the show notes. It's really helpful. That's correct. Yep. So that's probably the easiest way to do that. Um, but just so, and now you, yeah, I know that uh, you started using one of their bits on, on a new horse, didn't you, Reese? I did actually no. It's my my uh, FEI mare Winnie. Um, I've been having some issues with the double bridle on her, which is not typical. Normally, it's it's not as is earth shattering, but this mare is a mare, and uh, she's decided that that sometimes she doesn't like the double bridle. And um, you know, I I put one of their bits in after after listening to the first segment we had. I thought, oh, I'm going to try this, and one of my students had one, and really helpful. I I used the Verbinden. I've been using that bit. Uh, on a couple of my horses and she goes really well in it in the snaffle so I couldn't I had tried it with the the Verbind and that Bradoon and a different in the same curb bit and she just was not having it so I got a Neuschule curb bit and really really big difference um she's still not 100% in it and I think for her it's just going to take some time to get there but uh big difference with the bit huge um so I was excited after having it um it was it was great so again you everyone you spell it noi n-e-u-e uh, space shula s-c-h-u-l-e noi shula bits and give them a try I have both Philip and I have used the bits and, and really like them so uh, let us yeah, know how it goes them. Helped, helped quite a bit quite yep. a bit so uh, yeah I can definitely recommend them well it is our pleasure to have Hillary Moore Hebert senior editor for Dressage Today on for our monthly segment Hillary how are you doing this week hi I'm great how are you guys we are great, and we're sorry. Last, last, uh, well, on our last show, you were sick. So, are you feeling better this week? Yes, I am. It's um, you know amazing with riding how when you get something, I had uh, you know a cough and everything. It really puts you down. So, I'm glad to be back. Good. Well, we are super excited to have you. So we are going to talk about, we get you twice this month, which is awesome. And we're going to talk about last month's um, magazine. So can you get us started on some tips from the magazine and things we can look for? Yes. So um, as you guys all know, uh, Dressage at Devon is coming up just around the corner, which we're all very excited about at the magazine because we go every year. And um, we went ahead and we highlighted... uh, David Marcus, and we did an interview with him uh, about how he came back from 
some obstacles that he had before uh, he was at Devon last year, and that included um, he had one horse that had colic surgery that was his planned horse for the Olympics, and then also, as some of you guys know, at the Olympics, he was disqualified, which disqualified the team. Um, and he came back with both of those horses to the Grand Prix at Devon and won Grand Prix classes with both of them. So we talked to him and asked him how on earth he did that because I probably would have been in the fetal position <laughs> crying, <laughs> never wanting to ride again. Um, and it was really interesting where he just said that his tip, if you feel like you've had a, a big hurdle, whether it's health-wise or, um, you know, with your uh, sports psychology kind of stuff, your show savvy, um, if something happens in the ring, that you really just have to focus on the day-to-day training and just think about your goals and don't let it bother you and just keep on keeping on. And I thought that that was great advice. Well, I love it when you guys have a little bit of Canadian content in there. So I'm looking forward to reading that article about uh, our Canadian writer, David Marcus. And uh, maybe you could tell us what else is in the in the magazine. Yeah. So um, speaking of uh, you know other countries, we are starting off a two-part series with Louise Robson, who is really cool. She uh, trains thoroughbreds that are off the track, and she rides... Queen Elizabeth's uh, horses, and she retrains them in dressage and has had great success with them. So she did a two-part training article on how she retrains the queens off the track thoroughbreds for dressage. And her tip, which I thought was really neat, is she rides in a neck strap with horses as they're learning balance so that as they are kind of finding their own balance, even though she's a very skilled professional, she's not afraid to, you know, just grab onto that so she doesn't get taken along with them and then also throw them off balance. So that I thought was a neat tip. I read that article and I, I had a horse today that I actually was thinking I really should have had an extra bond because it's a, a newly off the track horse uh, mare and she's sensitive. And I thought, oh, that next trap would have been really helpful. And plus, as we all know, I'm totally obsessed with the royal family. So I read that article twice because I just thought it was cool. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, there's was- a lot of there's a lot of respect to be had for the the people who are retraining horses that were bred for one job and then and then you know using them another because I really I mean I love the thoroughbreds one of my first horses was off of the track and uh you know there's a lot of really great horses there that unfortunately you know get get sent to auctions to you know to slaughter and all this so it's a bit of a shame and I think there's a lot of them that can be can do another job and have another great career and, and be a great horse for someone. So it's awesome that there are people out there doing that. I think it's great. Absolutely. Come to Kentucky. Stop. Sorry. No, I was just going to okay, say, come yeah. to Kentucky where I am. I can get you one. Sorry. Go ahead, Hillary. I was going to say, and the thing that's really neat, we actually did a sidebar um, with judges talking about what, what has happened with the trends. And I thought it was neat where they were saying, um, and this I thought is, sort of a training tip, our dressage tests have strayed away from the strength of the walk having value, and the thoroughbreds really tend to excel in the walk over the trot and canter um, versus the warm bloods. And so as the tests are getting rewritten, there's more emphasis on the trot and canter work in some of the tests. You can end up having 
that struggle just with the math of the test, um, you know, based on where you have sort of the stereotypical strengths based on your breed. And I thought that was an interesting thing to think about, you know, and how when you're riding and, and looking for your points, if you have a horse that has a stronger walk and maybe not so much of a stronger trot and canter, you know, saying, what can I do for my preparation and in my test riding that can pay attention to that? That's a great tip. We're getting ready for a horse show this week. And we were, we were talking about that this week. And especially cause I have a, a young rider doing the Grand Prix and the walk, uh, and the Grand Prix, the extended walk and the collected walk are double scores. Um, so it's worth more than the passage transition after the collected walk. So, you know, it's a good thing to think about and not forget. We all, we all take breaks in the walk. I do it. You mm-hmm. know, I find myself like, oh, relaxing. Oh, I'm just walking. I'm taking a little break. But it really shouldn't be. And we should all really remind. So that's a great tip. Um, mm-hmm. So, Hillary, what's the next one? Okay. So uh, the last tip that I have for you guys, I think is really interesting. We've kind of been doing this thing where we've been talking a lot about balance um, in the different issues, and we're continuing this with uh, a neat article by Dr. Ulrich Seal that talks about how your balance affects your horses. And it's very interesting, um, the, the exercise that they suggest is to take a pole, like you'd imagine someone who is on a tightrope walking, like a long pole, and hold it in both your hands and then one of your hands and try to do the exercises that your horse would do to give you a sense of where the balance is. And they said you can feel if you're off balance and leaning in, it's like that pole is dropping to the side and you can see how it kind of sucks you in if you're doing a circle, if that pole's not balanced. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting to think of how your balance affects the horse, but from that horse's perspective. Oh, I like that a lot. I mean, you got to kind of try and, uh, you know, feel how the horse moves. And, and I, you know, this is a big problem, you know, with some, some beginner riders and stuff like, you know, kind of overriding the inside rein and not pushing the horse around the turn. And, you know, yeah, just doing it yourself and trying to feel like, you know, when you make a circle, all the weight and where the weight shifts, right? And, and how to do a better job by counteracting, right? I think, you know, I try and tell my students that, you know, when you use your inside rein, how does that affect what happens with the rest of the horse, right? Like, how are you uh, counterbalancing everything you do with a, an equal and opposite kind of reaction. I think it's a little bit physics and, uh, and just really takes a lot of thought to think about, you know, what you're doing and, and how to, how to n- not make a problem, more of a problem by, by doing it, right? Well, and I think it's interesting where you talked about with that inside rain because we always kind of tend to want to do that motorcycle turn on a bending line where we crunch our inside down from our armpit to our hip and we kind of have our hip fall out a little bit too much, and it starts to throw the horse outward, but then you use that inside rein, and if you sort of do it right now in your seat, you can feel how too much of that also then aggravates that same thing. It kind of encourages you, even if you weren't before, to crunch down to the inside again, throw that opposite hip out, and it you know it all kind of creates this self-fulfilling prophecy of imbalance. 
I love that visual of the motorcycle turn. I just wrote it down in my notes from the show. I was like, motorcycle turn, that's a great analogy and a great way to think of that because that's exactly what it's like. That was excellent. Yeah. I like that visual. Absolutely. And we all do that. I mean, again, that's that's a common thing that you have to be very, very careful and always keep an eye on around around your circles, around your corners, that type of thing. Because, again, that is something that everybody does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and there's I an extra did. point with – oh, sorry, Hillary, but I was just going to oh. say that an, um, an extra point with that is just uh, think about changing speeds in turns. And you can do that on the ground as well without a horse or – or on a on a bicycle or something, you know, like when you go faster, how does that affect the speed? When you go a little bit too slow, you also lose balance. So yeah, just uh, take the horse out of the picture and try and uh, keep your own balance uh, while doing some of these things is, uh, you know, again, interesting to think about. Well, I was going to say, um, you know, I can't remember what month, but it stuck with me enough to remember the visual of it, our back page solutions where it's those quick tips that have the drawing with it and um, we had one where they said as you're riding really picture it as though you have a toddler on your shoulders and think about you know as you're riding what kind of things would you need to do to keep that person above you upright and if you start to lean into a turn you know you could never be able to support someone on your shoulders if you were leaning into the turn too much and how do you sort of feel like you constantly are upright enough that you can support that. And that's something for me that I keep with me and remember to help think about balance. That's a great one too. And, and going back to the, the, the back page of the magazine, the solutions page, I have a client that in her tack room, the wallpaper is that page. She tears it out every, every, um, magazine and she puts it on the wall and it's really interesting to go into her tack room and look at it because they are visual that's the point of them and and it's a great thing to look at it's the last page of the magazine every month and it's great to take a look at it and or tear out a few that you like uh, and keep them around because they are very very helpful items that come every month well, Hillary, thank you so much for coming on the show this evening. As always, I love your tips, and, and I, I write them down every month as well. So I hope everyone enjoys the magazine. And Hillary, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, they can go ahead and visit us at dressagetoday.com. And if you're interested in getting in touch with anyone on staff, you can just go to the Connect with Dressage Today that's at the lower part of the website. Glenda Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately, many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships, and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. 
happen. Well, guys, we have an email that I thought maybe you guys could uh, tackle here, seeing we're talking about young horses fits right in. It says, uh, hi, Reese and Philip. I'm enjoying listening to the episodes of the Dressage Radio Network. I'm interested in hearing about the upcoming Young Horse Symposium to be held in September in Massachusetts. I want to know more about the correct fundamental system for starting young horses. I would like to hear specifics about how often to work a three-year-old under saddle and how long sessions should be. My three-year-old is going well under saddle, but I need to know where to go from here. Would it be a good idea to let her have time off this winter? I would like to start showing her next year. I have many questions, and probably your listeners will also from Sarah. You know, this Sarah might be a good one to get on the show here at some point um, and, uh, you know, and let her ask the questions of you guys in person. But doesn't it depend? What little I know, doesn't it depend on the horse really at three years old? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> this is why the questions about young horses is there, there's almost no, I mean, there's some guidelines that we go by, but there's almost no wrong answer sort of thing, you know, because every single horse, I mean, we know this, that every single horse is an individual. And for sure, when you start them, they're just their own horse a little bit. And you got to work, you know, be able to assess each one. And Okay, you know, but stop there. Let me, let me jump in for Sarah. Okay. You know, because I, yeah. I know virtually nothing, so I'm gonna, I, Sarah knows a lot more than I do. But <laughs> That's why we love having you here, Glenn. You yeah, know, because yeah. I know nothing. So, but, so if I was Sarah, I'd come back and say, okay, but how do I know? How, if it depends on the individual horse, which it does, how do I know that I'm not pushing my horse too hard? How do I know that? Right. Well, I think your horse tells you. I mean, I think like where, where Philip was going with this is, you know, this is we go to a conference every year to talk about three-year-olds and young horses. And, uh, you know, even trainers sometimes have to step back and say, okay, well, how do I know? And and I can tell you a little bit. I, I, I This year and this summer, I've been working with my two three-year-olds. I just sold my one three-year-old, but um, she was wonderful. She And we had had her since she, uh, she was born here. So I've had her her whole life and she's been in some sort of some sort of training and that's in quotation marks. I mean, training for a young horse may be that they come up and they, um, you know, get, get groomed and bathed and walking around the ring. You take them for a power walk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Power walk in the <laughs> ring with other horses yeah. or you walk them over poles or, you know, so there's lots of stuff you can do before they turn three. But so she was ready. You know, we took her June 1st, she went to the trainers and she was ready. I mean, she, we backed her as a two year old actually last winter. Um, and she was great. She was ready. Uh, it was no problem. We did 10 rides on her, really just sit on her. So she knew sort of what that was all about. Um, and in June, she went to the trainer and, and at the end of, uh, end of July, she walked out in Canard. She did a little jump. Uh, she was ready to sort of go to horse shows. Um, and, and she did get sold, uh, to a wonderful young lady, uh, who will, will, you know, have her this winter. And, and I'm hoping she'll get a little bit of time off. If, if, if I had kept her, she would have gotten a little bit of time off this fall, uh, slash winter when it was really cold and yucky. I probably would have turned her out for a month or two, uh, just cause she was great. She was so far ahead. And then I have my young man who is three and I bought him, uh, he's a Riviano, uh, Cole. He was, he was actually a, a stallion and now he's a gelding. So, um, when we gelded him, the vet's like, he has to exercise, uh, because of the surgery. So we did a bunch of lunging with him cause we had to, he had to, I wasn't ready to break him the day after the surgery myself. So, uh, did a lot of lunging with him, did a lot of groundwork. Uh, and then it became very apparent he needed a job. He was kind of bored with lunging 
dungeon. He was kind of bored within handwork. I had the mounted police. They, I have the mounted police come and work with all my young ones. Um, so they walk over tarps and, you know, they have ropes on them and, you know, they do all kinds of desensitization work with them. But it was becoming apparent he wanted a real job. So he just went last week to really get started. So those are two very different individuals. Uh, one was ready probably early spring to go and get started. Uh, while, and that was the Philly. And I'm not saying boys, anything between the boys or the girls. But <laughs> my young man was far less mature and still is less mature than, than the three-year-old Philly. Yeah, I um, think that's... Yeah, I think that's pretty common. I think the you yeah. know the fillies grow up a little earlier, and and uh, and the geldings or the stallions take a little bit longer. I think that's pretty normal. So, yeah, I mean, I was talking a little bit about guidelines. I think you know um, consistency is so important when you're starting a young horse. So, you know, I think five six days a week, no problem, right? But keep the sessions a little bit short because their attention span. I mean, they're like. You know, they're like kids a little bit. Their attention span's a little bit short. They, you know, they can't go forever. So um, if you have a three-year-old going under saddle, um, you know, I think somewhere between 20 and 40 minutes would be kind of a long ride or a long session with a, with a young horse. Five to six days a week is great. And then um, for us up north, I think kind of they have january february off for sure sometimes december and march as well depends like if i'm going into november i'm thinking this horse is going great i'm loving what's happening you know everything is great then boom december outside just and it's a little bit safety thing too because you know we ride in the indoor and a lot of snow can and ice and these conditions can be very scary for a young horse so you know i try and give them off a little bit those times it's also very cold and so then the consistency can become a problem. We don't work horses, you know, when it's super, super cold or, you know, if we're having a blizzard outside, you know, there's not, you know, there's not a lot of point to trying to ride in the arena when there's so many distractions. So then, you know, I can't be as consistent as I want to be. So they might as well, you know, be out and just be horses or be turned out and, and, uh, you know, spend the winter a little bit that and then bring them back in, in, uh, in their four-year-old year you know, in March or April, you know, as the weather starts to turn back again, you know, the horses, even the older horses are a little nervous, a little bit, you know, it's hard to work them in the winter. So, yeah, I think, you know, the weather can be a little bit dependent on that, you know, where you, where you live in the States or in Canada, um, can, can give you some guidelines about the training as well. So, um, you know, hopefully we're answering some of the questions for Sarah. Anything else you want to add to that there, please? Sorry. Well, no, I think no, I think you did a good job. I mean, I, again, you know, you really have to listen to your young horse and, and really decide. You know, I've had some that four days a week is good for them, or I have yeah. some that they need to work every day. You know, because I can't really remember if they have time off. You know, what's going on? So, I think they tell you, and and you have to listen and be aware of what your horse is and know your horse. And the other thing we didn't mention is the vet work. You need to make sure that there's, you know, that that all their their bones and everything are okay, and and you know they've been checked out by the veterinarian i think is important are their knees closed and that type of thing um you know depending and and how are they growing and you know so you've got all those options too so it is tough and in like i said philip and i we get together with a group of trainers every year and we talk just about this very thing because it yeah i think it's so important for them to get a great basis for their training i mean that takes them through their entire life right and their entire uh, competition career and to give them a really great start is so important and that's why we spend a lot of time talking to people about it and and talking to trainers about it because it's not it's not something you just want to glaze over so if you're having problems with the young horse 
don't wait months to try and fix it or no. try to get an expert in. Just, you know, talk to your vet right away. Talk to your trainer right away. You know, and, and I think the last point I just thought about when Reese was talking is um, be careful. I think I see this a lot. A lot of over lunging on a small circle with young horses. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, detrimental yeah, to their to their health, to their joints, to their tendons and stuff. So um, if, you know, I could tell any, you know, give any advice to somebody, try not to do a ton of lunging and make sure the circles stay as big as a space that you, that you can, because, uh, you know, chasing around on a tight circle is really, really bad. And I've seen it a lot. So yeah, that's, that's a I mean, really that's, good point. Yeah, that's my that's my two cents about that, and yeah, and um, you know we love the questions, we love the emails. So and maybe we didn't cover something that you'd like to ask uh, a little more about, Sarah. Send us another email. We're great. You know, we'd love yeah, to we answer love them emails. and to talk about it. And uh, you know, maybe we get a young you know a special a young horse specialist on about uh, a specific problem. We'd love to do that for you. So. That sounds great. Well, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And let me jump in there and say there's oh. two new shows on the network this month. Uh, Yay! Brand new shows, Blaze Kids Radio, which is a show for kids. Uh, that's our first one that we're doing. That uh, kids, it's a lot of fun, a lot of... Uh, uh, it's just, uh, it's done by Blaze Magazine. The publishers of Blaze Magazine have been doing that for 10 years and have a bunch of, uh, a bunch of people that subscribe to the magazine and they're doing a great job with it. It allows us to be a little more fun with, uh, sound effects and music and stuff. Uh, cool. and, and it's very interesting. We've had a lot of adults commenting on it that they like it too. So, uh, they've <laughs> learned something and, and there's a, there's a, the publisher of Blaze Kids, uh, magazine is one of the co-hosts along with a 12 year old girl is uh one of the co-hosts so that oh, adds not up. a horse crazy not a pony crazy girl yes a Yay! pony crazy girl <laughs> who actually just got her first horse and it was a mini so uh oh, cool. she just got it no, last week and, you know every week she gives an update on her mini but uh, also there's a second new show it's uh my the the first original co-host at the horse radio network helena of the stable scoop radio show has started another show with her friend Sissy, and it is called Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress, and it is a show about fox hunting. So uh, fox hunting and fashion and, and all of that kind of thing. So that one is uh, also on the Horse Radio Network, and you can find all of these shows by going to our apps. Download it at uh, the iOS or Android app store. Look, Search for Horse Radio Network. We've had thousands of people downloading, and it looks like people are listening, and we really haven't had too much trouble with it. So uh, it's probably the best way to listen is just by downloading the app to your phone. Well, everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you soon. 